Welcome to Movie of the Year. My name's Audrey. I'm Lindsay. And this week we are talking about the movies of the year 2006. Damn it. What happened? I just, I always feel like I should say something there. I'm, I'm sorry. Sure. No, I'm, I'm just sorry. always like... <laughs> it's the pressure. Okay, let's just go. Lindsay, do you remember where you were in 2006? I do. <laughs> in the last episode, I talked all about where I was, and because you said, like, off the air that you'd rather not say where you were, and so I sounded like a huge jerk. So I was like, here's where I was, moving on. I'd rather not say. This is another year where I think you would rather not say where you were. Mm -hmm. Do you remember anything about your life that you could share? I saw some good movies. That's good. <laughs> some of them with you. This is the year I got married. You were living in Indiana. Yep. So we got to meet. Remember? We'd meet. Oh, yeah. We would meet halfway at the Keystone Art Theater. Yeah. And we'd like get together and we'd have lunch or have dinner and we'd watch a movie. Yeah. That was really good. I would still like to do that, even though we're closer now. I remember we sat in the Barnes & Noble one time, one, one of those times, and we were looking at the Cake Rex book. Oh, yeah. Laughing so hard at the carrot jockeys. Oh, K-Grex. That's such a 2006-y thing to do. It is. 2006-y. What? 2000-rexy. If you don't remember where you were in 2006 and it's 2018, usually I say for a little bit of context, Mm -hmm. but really, you should know where you were. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably around our age. Right. It's okay if you don't want to say, but you should know. Yeah, but I I guess if you don't, here's some things to jog your memory. (laughs) I'll just have one bit of context, and then I'll move on to the top five songs and the top five movies. Mm -hmm. NASA had something called the Stardust Mission. (laughs) They went and actually gathered dust from a comet and brought it back to Earth. That's really cool. Isn't that neat? That's very cool. Okay, so the top five songs of 2006, going from five to one, were... Shakira's Hips Don't Lie. That's why you were singing it. Yeah. Oh, my hips don't lie. <laughs> Wait, do that again? Oh, my hips don't lie. That is uncanny. No, it's not. It is. Also, I fear if Shakira hears it, she'll think I'm mocking her, but I'm really just trying to sound that way. Well, no, of course. Yeah, that's what she sounds like. Do you remember what a big deal her song, it was the first big Shakira song. She was like, I wasn't a Shakira listener. Well, it was an awesome song, but there was this part in the song where she goes, Oh, I do remember that. That was really good. Also, her voice reminds me of that thing in um, High Spirits where Peter O'Toole is drunk and goes, <laughs> Is your throat covered in egg? <laughs> but I also mean that as a compliment. You sound like a drunk Peter O'Toole. <laughs> Oh, what if we meet Shakira someday? She'll slap us. And I'll be like, it's okay, I deserve it. Thank you for blessing my cheek. Please, may I have another? (laughs) Anyway, the number four song was You're Beautiful by James Blunt. You don't like that song. I hate that song. Tell me why. Is it the same thing? Because he's throaty? Um, No, I think it was overplayed. Oh, yeah. It drove me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) We, we all are not. We all Peter O'Toole hour. <laughs> Did you say 
Why you're not? Yes. It's a seatbelt song. Shut up, James Blunt. <laughs> bumper sticker. <laughs> right next to my other one. I feel like people would get that bumper sticker. <laughs> what did your other one say? I forget. I saw Patrick Swayze's butt. Yes. Because <laughs> we watched Dirty Dancing last night, and you noticed for the first time. And I said, I saw Patrick Swayze's butt. <laughs> and then I said, that would make a great bumper sticker. And here we are. <laughs> the number three song was Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado. Okay. Remember that? Nope. I remember hating that song because it was so <clears throat> on the nose. Like, take the time to write a double entendre. Don't just be like, I am promiscuous sexually. <laughs> so are you. Let's be promiscuous together. <laughs> it's like an old time radio song. Yeah, I think that's one of the songs they sing on Main Street, the Dapper Dance, mm-hmm. Promiscuous. Oh, I am promiscuous. <laughs> so are you? Let's get together, we'll turn one into two. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> one into two. Oh, and then start calling. Um, number two song of 2006 <laughs> was Temperature by Sean Paul. Anyway, the number one song, this is a song I have zero memory of. It's called Bad Day by Daniel Powter. The T. I do remember that oh, one. Oh, now you have to sing it so I can try to see if I know what it is. Oh! I think they put that at the end of every episode of American Idol as the people were disgraced and walked off. <laughs> so you're Shame. being a loser and nobody likes you. Get out of here. You might as well die. <laughs> Those are the original lyrics. Mm. We've gone through a dark time. They changed it. Do you want to hear the top five movies of 2006? Absolutely, I do. Going from five to one. Number five was The Da Vinci Code. Number four was X-Men, The Last Stand. Number three was Cars. Number two is Night at the Museum. Everybody wants to get locked in a museum at night. I do. And for things to come alive. Number one was Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. I'm going to tell you some movies set in 2006. Black Christmas. What else? Wrong Turn 2, Dead End. And Slumdog Millionaire. I mean, there were more, but they were boring. Let's jump in. Let's do it. I'm so excited. Okay. Audrey, what was your favorite movie of 2006? I love Stranger Than Fiction. It's a great choice. Thank you. From you. Thank you. Anything you want to say about it? Any reason why? There's so many things that I love about it. I think it's a very unique script. Mm -hmm. I think it was really well cast. I really like Will Ferrell and Maggie Gyllenhaal together. Mm -hmm. I really think that putting Will Ferrell in that role was smart. Because if you would have cast it with a romantic lead, it would have been a lot less believable. Mm-hmm. But with Will Ferrell, you believe that he's a schmo a little bit and internalized as a human. You're really drawn into the story. And there's this one scene that's one of my all-time favorite movie scenes. It's the scene with a guitar where he starts to play this reckless Eric song called The Whole Wide World. Mm-hmm. And he's embarrassed. They kind of fall in love over that song. Oh, I remember that. So good. And then there's also the scene, she's a baker and he brings her flowers. That's like, right. Oh, I just love that movie. I love it. That would be one of the ones that's on my cat. Like, I've seen it maybe one time, but I remember really loving it. So I really would like to see it again. That's a movie I wish I would have written. Yeah. It's great. It is great. Do you know who wrote it? Um, I think it's your mom. Let me, let me just talk to you. You look really mad. I'm sorry. You can't use your mom jokes I'm on the sorry. podcast. Take it out. <laughs> Mark Forster directed it? Oh, oh yeah. Who is that? He did Finding Neverland. Oh, man, that movie is sad. 
Let's see, what was your favorite? This may be controversial, but mine was Mission Impossible 3. I don't think it's controversial. Let me tell you why. Yes, please. When I think about my favorite, one of the requirements typically is, is it something that I can watch over and over and over again? And for me, Mission Impossible 3 is. Because, well, I love the Mission Impossible franchise, but mm-hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. He's an excellent bad guy. He's very He's scary. He's so good. He can just play anything. Yeah. He can do anything. I love him. I know I haven't said that on the podcast yet. I really yet, just don't think you made that clear. But let me tell you now, I love him. If you would have told me that we were going to start a podcast and the person I would most mention is David Krumholtz and the person you would most mention is Philip Seymour Hoffman. I would have punched like, you directly in the face. <laughs> Let's do it now. <laughs> I really, I just treasure him. He's one of the greatest actors of all time. I know this did might... Did J.J. Abrams direct this one? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. But you know what? I like that he did. He did a good job. He did. He did. And he brought a lot of his Felicity cast in for little cameos. The only weird part was when Carrie Russell's eyes closed <laughs> and was... the little thing went off in her brain. I was I like... Was, I was just about to say that when Jake and I went to see that for the first time, I was like, oh, I think she must have made the director mad. <laughs> I think that might have been a, an actor's choice. <laughs> an interesting choice. There's no way she could have done that with her eye of her own volition. There's just no way. You never know. Can you do it? No. Don't try. I can't even cross my eyes. Don't try. (laughs) Something would go wrong. (laughs) How did you go blind? (laughs) Well, you know that scene in Mission Impossible (laughs) 3? I was trying to recreate it. So yeah, that's my favorite. It also restored Mission Impossible to its original glory. It was, as we can all agree, a downer. It wasn't just a downer. It sucked butt. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Sophisticated commentary from the, on Mission Impossible 3. It was a downer. Tell us how it sucked butt. No, I'm just kidding. We already talked about it. <laughs> so yeah, I like it. It's good. What's your favorite scene? I like the scene where Michelle Monaghan is helping him fight off all the bad guys. It's a really good scene. It is the a good scene. The whole scene is really, really good. Lindsay, what was your prestige pick from 28? 20- Oh, six. It really was the prestige. Yay! <laughs> no pun intended. Why is it prestigious to you? I think that Christopher Nolan is a very intentional writer-director. He makes really specific choices that help drive the story. And I think that this is a great story. It really took me by surprise at the end. I know it probably shouldn't have, but it oh, did. Oh, I was totally shocked. I didn't <clears throat> see it coming. And I should have, but it's, it was like surprising but inevitable, as yeah. any good ending is. Right. And I think the performances are great. And I think I just really love that the hero, like the protagonist, isn't, he's not perfect. He has a lot of flaws. What about you? What's your prestige pick? I really love Little Miss Sunshine. It's a great cast. Mm-hmm. If you put Alan Arkin in it, I'm there. I think a lot of stories about weird family dynamics are very predictable. Mm-hmm. And this one was unique. I put it in as my most influential. Nice. And I feel like it has a lot to say about being who you are and feeling okay with that. Not just with Abigail Breslin's character, but with Steve Carell's character, too. You know, he's... And Greg Kinnear. Yeah, and Greg Kinnear. They're all about to snap, except for the grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just... You're right. It's it's a really... It's fun to see the family dynamic. And it's really well-written, too, and hilarious. It's my movie story. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> so I'll just nice. Let you tell it. <laughs> what was your best song? Can I split it? I split it. Yes. Just for the 
sake of the song being amazing, I chose Plain Song by The Cure from Marie mm-hmm. Antoinette. Great. But I think the best usage of a song is Super Freak from Little Miss Sunshine. Yes. It's so great. You're right. And they use the entire song, which is good. And it just, that song is instant joy. Mm-hmm. That scene is it's incredible. It's so shocking. <laughs> I didn't see it coming, did I didn't, you? No, I didn't at all. That's what's so great about it. And you know me, I love a good talent show dance competition sure. movie. If there is a dance competition in a movie, I am so there. I am invested. <sighs> How about you? Mine was Ceremony by New Order from Marie Antoinette. <laughs> nice! That's oh, a that's great soundtrack. soundtrack. It's so good. So talk about the usage of the song in the movie. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the answer is just the answer. We don't have to like wax philosophical about everything. It's a great song. Wayne. My name is Wayne Philosophical. (laughs) What was your favorite poster? Lady in the Water. I think it follows the rule thing you said where it kind of tells the story. It's a really magical looking image. How about you? I just put the prestige because I wanted the prestige on my list. Just being truthful. It's a great, it's great too. I didn't really even look at the posters. (laughs) Failure, I guess. (laughs) What was your most traumatic? Little children. One of the subplots of the movie is that there's a pedophile living in this neighborhood with all these families with children. And there's this cop that's harassing him night and day. So, spoiler, his mother dies as a result. She has a heart attack. And he takes a knife and he goes to the park and, like, sits there and... Kate Winslet takes her child to the park, and I was positive he was going to murder oh, yeah. the kid, or her, or some, or both. I mean, I really think it was trying to win an award. I think it was. Did it? I think it was Oscar bait. But I'm gonna look up if it won any awards. It. I don't think it did, but it was trying really hard. It was too much for me. It was too much. He castrates himself. Oh yeah, I remember. It's disturbing. The film received three Academy Award nominations, yeah, including one for Best Actress. Thank you. What was your most traumatic movie? A Korean horror movie called The Host. You've talked about this movie. It's this one scene. It's one of the most effective scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. This little girl gets kidnapped by a sea monster. Mm -hmm. Stay with me. Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm here. (laughs) And her whole family, you know, they're looking for her all the time. And there's a scene where they sit down to dinner and they're eating dinner together. And it kind of does this like slow zoom out and they're imagining that she's there. Oh. I could cry about it right now. And they're imagining everybody's feeding her. Oh. And it's so intense. Like, I really feel like I'm going to cry right now. It's it's one of the greatest movie scenes I've ever laid eyes on. It's so powerful. It's so effective. It's so beautiful. Is she is she dead? No, she makes it. She Charlotte does? Makes it, but she's like, she's like stuck in the monster's lair, kind of. Okay. But they're like desperate looking for her and nobody believes them because they're like, a sea monster <laughs> took our child. <laughs> sure, like, sure. Oh, got it. Whatever. <laughs> Just that one scene, though. Aww. I'm telling you. Traumatic. So traumatic, but in a good way. Right. How about your guilty pleasure? I have two. The Holiday <gasps> and The Breakup was my other one. Mm. Talk about them. So The Holiday, when I first saw it, I didn't make it all the way through it. I didn't make it through the second or even the third time. I kind of started to learn to like it, and now every time it's on, I will watch it. It's very self-indulgent. It's Nancy Myers, so everybody's rich. and Everybody, everybody is super rich. Um, have these luxurious lifestyles, even though they try to downplay Kate Winslet's 
life, she's still, she's doing fine. It makes me feel joyful. I like Jack Black. I like the breakup because I like Vince Vaughn and I think it's funny. And it's one of those movies I can just kind of watch on a Sunday afternoon. It makes you want to live in Chicago. Yeah, for sure. Immediately. For sure. And I like the end. I like that they don't get back together. I like the way the breakup shows. They get fighting so right. Mm -hmm. They get the way that you're fighting about something, but you're not really addressing what you're really fighting mm -hmm. about. Like, All the pettiness. Yes, they really get that correct. I know. Let's tape the apartment in half. <laughs> That's the solution. Pretty much. Right. What about you? What were yours? The holiday also. Mm -hmm. My second guilty pleasure is Lady in the Water. I love movies about community. I really like M. Night Shyamalan. I really love Bill Irwin, and he was expertly cast in this movie in the perfect role. The scene at the, where they come together to protect her is so moving. It makes me cry. I don't know how people will watch Lady in the Water and be like, that's not realistic. And I'm like, but you were fine with signs. Yeah, like, that, that was a big thing, that it wasn't realistic. I, I remember like, that. The whole point of the movie is that it's a fairy tale. That's right. the entire point. Is it's this, a fantasy. This gateway between two worlds. Right. And, and the way that all the people in the apartment complex are stuck between reality and isolation, it's like, learn to read into it a little bit. I don't get why people turned on him so hard with that movie. He lost a lot of fans, and I don't get it either. I... I I really don't. And Paul Giamatti is great. I almost feel like maybe he had just reached his peak of popularity and people tend to just want to turn against things at a certain point because mm -hmm. we get, what's that called? Saturation. Mm -hmm. We get oversaturated and people want to be like, ah, it's not that good. And I'm like, okay, well, he also did a movie about a ghost and aliens. I mean, it's what he does. Right. And I, I liked the creature design. I thought it was really cool and I love it. I do too. I don't feel guilty about it. Removed. Taken off the list. <laughs> put on a different list. <laughs> okay, what was your most influential movie? Nacho Libre. Not sorry. You shouldn't be sorry. I like the Hess Brothers. I really like Jack Black. I have. A... Oh, they did Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I really love movies that address the existence of poverty. Mm -hmm. Especially in such a direct way. And I love movies with sweet, beautiful, innocent children. And man, I just love that movie. I would like to see a sequel. Mm -hmm. I, I wish they would have turned right around the year later and done a sequel. I had an idea for it. And I put it on my YouTube channel. <laughs> just, Please check it out. Just saying, my stupid YouTube name. It's youtube.com slash Audrey Brown von Bergenstein. And I can never change it. You can't it. change it? No. <laughs> it was like before I was doing anything seriously with YouTube. And I was like, I'm never going to do anything You'd be like, like that. That's really funny. It's a funny joke name. <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> anyway, I really love Nacho Libre. It's so funny. There's that one scene where the guy says, we never win because you are fat. And I very <laughs> regularly tell people that is my whole entire inner monologue. Oh. It's what I'm always saying to myself. It's not true, though. I never win because I am fat. We never win because you are fat. Because you are fat. <laughs> I thought all of those guys were kind of big. No, his sidekick is extremely skinny, so it's oh. this great juxtaposition. It's anachronistic humor, and I love movies about losers, too, because we're all losers at some point in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I also like movies that show people of different religions in a positive light, mm -hmm. because we've gotten so... And it's important to tell the dark stories, too, but it's like not every person who is Catholic or Christian or whatever has a secret dark side. So I think it's fun that they show a nun being a sweet nun. Like, I'm just... It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
How about you? What was the category? <laughs> Most influential. <laughs> Little Miss Sunshine, which I talked about, so I'm not doing it again. But how did it influence you? Because, Audrey, <laughs> I just think people should be able to make movies about people who drive around in van. When I first saw it, even though it has a really big cast, it feels like like a well-known cast. It feels like this little indie picture, and it made me feel like that's something I could do. And as I said before, it's well-written. Like you said, it made me feel that having a quirky family or a dysfunctional family isn't so abnormal, isn't necessarily a bad thing. There are ways that those kinds of families can still come together and support each other. And It would be interesting for us to make lists, go back and see what our most influential was from every area, because to me, that's exactly what, that's the kind of movie I want to make. Right. I am on this planet partially to make movies mm -hmm. and I want to do that yesterday I should have been doing it 10 years ago 20 years ago and when I watch Nacho Libre it makes me feel that way because I'm like yeah that's what matters in life is taking care of the poor and sweet innocent children mm -hmm. and and still having fun with your life and being funny and living your calling and like it's all of the best things in life put together sometimes some movies capture the essence just like some music can sometimes resonate with you and connect with you in this way that you're like oh that's a really great example of what I've been trying to tell people I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I think it was very well said. That was very well said. That was very well said. <laughs> Audrey, what was your confession movie? I've never seen Pan's Labyrinth. I feel like I'm supposed to because of our connection with Doug Jones, mm -hmm. but I don't handle trauma well, especially not trauma involving children, and I think that's what that whole movie is about. That's what it looks like. So you don't feel bad about not seeing it? No, I don't. I do because I want to support Doug Jones, but at the same time, like, he doesn't really need my support. Like, right. I don't need to traumatize myself to support him. We all know he's amazing. Mine, I had two. I have never seen Idiocracy. <gasps> I know. Oh, you have to watch it together. I'm putting a star next to it. <laughs> and I've never seen Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny, and I want to see it. What was your worst movie? Ty, The Lake House for being so very boring. So, so boring. So boring. So and ridiculous. Boring. I got a letter from the past, or was it the future? I'm not sure. And also X-Men The Last Stand, because I really feel like they flushed a lot of things down the toilet. Mm -hmm. I know it's because Singer went off to do Superman Returns, and they ended up kind of taking some people away, and wow, wow, wow. I don't care. It sucked. That one's going bye-bye in my brain. I don't know. How about you? What are your worst? My worst... <laughs> <laughs> what category are we on? The worst of 2006. What was my worst? My worst was failure to launch. Ooh, burn it, fizzle. It is bad. Yeah, it's real bad. What was the movie that you can't believe didn't make your list? Idiocracy. Yeah, I, I love, love that, movie. that movie. I love Mike Judge. Anything he does, except that movie extract, I love. <laughs> also, like, I wrote The Breakup, because I, I love that movie. Also. I do, too. I covered that. How about you? <laughs> uh, Marie Antoinette. So good. It's really good. I tried not to talk about Sofia Coppola at length in this episode, but it was really hard. You can. She's so lonely, and Sofia Coppola portrays it so well. Yeah. <laughs> that's her niche. I know. She, that's what she's good at. Do you have a movie? Well, you said you had a movie story. I have two, so I want you to tell the Little Miss Sunshine story. You tell stories so well, though. We met up to see Little Miss Sunshine. We went to the arts theater, and... It came on the scene where they're driving the van wherever they're driving to, across country or whatever, and the horn 
won't stop honking. <laughs> Different tones the whole way. And you and I, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard. Mm-mm. Never. I was crying. It was painful laughter. I think it's one of the greatest moments of sound design in all of filmdom. I agree. I love that fear. It makes me feel happy. I always feel like I'm supposed to meet somebody there. Even when I go by myself, it just, when I'm there, I feel so happy that I feel like I'm going to have like an adventure begin. It's just a movie theater. That's dorky. I know. No, it's not. I agree. I, I also really appreciate in, in the Midwest, having a theater where I can go to see movies that aren't wide release, that yeah. aren't, you know, in the cineplexes. Like, it's nice to have, to be able to see an indie flick. Yeah, it, it, that theater will always have you covered. It, like, always has your back. If there's something you want to see and it's not out there, you can just go there. Mm-hmm. They're not even paying us to say this. We should stop seeing sprays until we get a sponsorship. That's right. No more. <laughs> no more of this. What was your story? I auditioned for an independent film once. This was back when I was still an actor. I was cute and young and beautiful, sort of-ish. Beautiful's never really been my brand, but. And (laughs) it was kind of a big movie. I'm not. (laughs) That's how I feel. I feel so ugly. I feel like if Liza Minnelli had had a child with Judy Durant. (laughs) Oh my God. What? What it would be. And then that child got into some kind of an accident that harmed their face. <laughs> oh, I really feel about myself. You are wrong. I think I'm right, and you just love me. You see me with love eyes because we're best friends. No, I think you're just weird for saying <laughs> such a weird, wrong thing. Mr. Auntie, your surgeon is ready to speak to <laughs> That's you. That's not how they do that. <laughs> like a hostess comes out. Hey, I need lasers Auntie. immediately. Not You've always jaw. been cute. You still are. No. I need a nose job and a chin implant and a jaw implant. <laughs> you really look like you're going to punch me. <laughs> you're going to need a surgeon in we're a minute. Done, we're done. So anyway, I went to do this audition for an independent film. And it was really hard to psych myself up for because it was kind of a romantic part. But I felt really strongly that I was the script fit me really well. And I fit the script really well. And I was waiting in the audition room with all the other actors. And they were watching, in the audition room, they were watching Children of Men which I had never seen before, which if you don't know, it's an extremely traumatic, nerve-wracking movie. Before an audition. Right before I went in to do, like, a read for kind of a romantic lead. Weird. It was a true nightmare. Do you know why they were playing it? I have no idea. Probably, it's usually if a movie's on in a green room, it's because whoever is stuck working the green room and signing people in is going to be there for, like, hours and days, and they just want to watch stuff, but... (laughs) And that's what they choose. Children of mother-freaking-men. Oh, wow. I did not get the role. (laughs) No shock there. The shape like this. (laughs) If Humpty Dumpty and Poirot had a baby, and she was a girl, it would be me. I am not indulging this. Murder in your eyes. Any longer. You're dumb. Okay. Okay. <laughs> did you have a movie crush? I did. What is it? What is it? I'm going against the grain on this one. Oh, I'm excited. I'm putting my pen down. Because I didn't see any men that were worthy of my crushiness. Okay. So I chose Emily Blunt. In? Uh, Devil Wears Prada. Ooh. And not because I'm attracted to her. Not that there would be anything wrong with it if you were. No, I'm just, that's not my preference. Yeah, but but it's a good choice. If it were your preference, that would be a great if choice. If it were, because 
I've always, I just think she is such a great performer. You do love her. You talk I about her a lot. Her. You talk about that she makes good choices. She makes good, she's very, another very intentional actress. You say she, that she draws you in. She draws me in. She's, she transforms herself. Um, she's, she can do action. She can do drama. She can do comedy. Like, I just really, even though she's kind of the villain, I really love her in that role. Yeah, she's great. I've only seen it once, but I remember really liking her. I say she's my girl crush. It's good. Yeah. I love her. What is your favorite Emily Blunt role? Springing this on you. Oh, good question. By far and away, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Nope, that's not what it's called anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Tom Cruise, the action yeah. movie where she's doing the push-up. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called now? They changed the title. Live, like, Die, Repeat. That's it. Yeah. Live, Die, Repeat. Whichever one you call it, that's the one I... That's probably my good favorite. Choice. Yeah. She she's great in that movie. She's awesome. My favorite Emily Blunt role is my girlfriend's boyfriend, my sister's. Oh yeah, my sister's. So sister. your sister's sister. Your sister's sister. That movie. Oh man, that movie is so incredible and amazing. That's also the type of movie I'd like to make. There's this one scene between Emily Blunt and Mark Duplass mm -hmm. that is oh, it's how it feels to love someone. They're having this conversation and they're both crying for different reasons. It's the conversation you wish you could have with everybody in your life you've loved and lost. Mm -hmm. It's so powerful and she's so great in it. I've seen that movie either. Oh, I, oh, I, I can't want wait. to so much. It's so good. It, that movie blew me away. It's really special. People don't talk about it often enough. I don't think people talk about Mark Duplass often enough either. I just want to be like him. He has such a smart business model for filmmaking. He's like, pick a great script, work with talented people, keep it low cost, get investors, guarantee them a good return on your investment, repeat. Mm -hmm. It's not, It's really, it's actually not that hard. It's no. not easy, but it's not complicated. It's it is. Mm -hmm. it, it all starts with having a good script. And I just feel like the Duplass brothers have been real gift givers mm -hmm. for those of us who are kind of in the back of the room going, oh, I played my first real I feel like I'm about 19 years old, living my dreams wise. I feel way behind, but they give me hope. That was a long... I'm glad that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Good crush. Thanks. <laughs> Good choice. Thank you. What was yours? Mine is really specific and I'm really passionate about it. Jack Davenport from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Oh, Chats. yeah. I heard you talk about him. <sighs> my heart... The whole thing he has going on, scruffy pirate, but still a good guy. He's the he's a good guy? He comes kind of undone in the second one, and so he becomes a pirate oh. out of sheer necessity. Clearly I was not paying attention. And I just feel like that's who she should have been with. Like, if you have a choice of piratey Jack Davenport or beardless Orlando Bloom, for the love of God, take piratey Jack Davenport. <laughs> Are you mad? Are you crazy? He's my dream weaver. <laughs> does he have the like diamonds mm -hmm. filter? He does. He does. Mm -hmm. Pirates, <laughs> but not not gross, stinky, filmy Johnny Deppy pirates. Right. And not man boy too Greasy. young for me pirates. The <laughs> correct age appropriate, appropriately aged, appropriately masculine. I don't know. It's all subjective, I guess. He's my crush. He's your preference. I got a hottie. <laughs> I prefer Jack. He Davenport. is quite handsome. He is. He's but... very handsome. It's 
that's a good choice. I love a moral man who's been like knocked down a peg and has to fight, has to get a little scrappy. Does he go crazy because of, he doesn't go crazy? He goes kind of drunk because she left him. Wasn't she supposed to marry mm-hmm. him? She was supposed to marry him. Um, maybe I'm totally wrong. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. She was uh, betrothed to Dick, or and she was supposed to be betrothed to him. Okay. That was unexpected. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. I like the obscure choices. Thank you. Those are fun. You never know. You never know what's going to strike you. You never know. You never know. You never know. You just you never, never know. don't know. You don't ever know. Never ever don't know. You never. You don't always not know. Sometimes you don't ever know. You always don't know. You never never not know. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> pays for us. You're still off the air. <laughs> we can't take this. It's too much. Anything else you'd like to say? Any no. other movies you'd like to comment? Were there any movies on your list that we didn't talk about? I remember I saw, have you seen A Scanner Darkly? Mm-hmm. It's like the rotoscope. I'm excited about it. I with, know it's Linklater. I don't know. I keep making those motions. It, it works though. It's the squiggly outline. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, oh, what's his face? Linklater. Linklater. Thank you. Um, I remember seeing that at the arts theater too, and I was like, "What's happening? What is going on?" <laughs> Did it make you motion sick? No, it didn't bother me. I don't get motion sick. I can read in the car. It was just, it was confusing. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I even have to, why I'm talking about it. Because I asked what movies were. On I don't even list. know why. <laughs> um, I really, really like Over the Hedge. I put that on my list. I love that. It's and the that soundtrack. one scene of here, here. Here, here, it's that scene. Here, here, here. My kids—they were, were just watching it yesterday, and I was laughing. It's like so good. It's so in the soundtrack, the Ben folds, all of that is so good. I didn't. I, I. It's been so long. I haven't seen it since two thousand six, so here, I didn't know Ben folds was here, on here, it. Here, here, it's really funny. Here, here, <laughs> here, here. What about you? Did you have any we didn't talk about? Is that all of yours? Pretty much. We talked. We literally talked about every other one. I'll run through mine real fast. I had Talladega Nights. Oh, I did write that down. That's funny. Silent Hill scared the bejeepers out of me. Is that a video game? Yes. Okay. It's a movie made from a video game. And I was just, I remember being really excited about the imagery because there's this big, I forget what he's called. It's like a triangle head or wedge head or something. And it's so German expressionist and tool video-y. And I was just excited about the imagery, but it, I shouldn't have seen it. It scared me. Um, is that the one where all the ash is falling? Yeah. Okay, I remember the preview. The end is terrible, and it doesn't live up to the fear that precedes it, but <laughs> in my opinion. Did we talk about Night at the Museum? hmm Deja Vu, which I just saw and liked. Okay. Uh, Slither, which I've never seen, but I feel like I should, because I like James Gunn. And Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion's in Slither? He's like the main guy. Sign me up! You know, in my mind, who I thought it was? Who? I thought it was the guy from Men in Black who was like, Sugar. <laughs> sugar and water. That guy. Rip t- Torn? No. Taylor? <laughs> it did sound like Rip Torn. <laughs> no. Is it? Uh-oh. I'm going to have to look him up. Isn't in Men in Black? Yeah, but he's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the alien that goes into into Egger's body. I still can't think of the difference between Rip Torn and Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor is the comedian with a mustache that throws the confetti throws in the air. Yeah. Okay. That's my fault. I'm the one who got that. Mixed up. <laughs> it's not her fault that I don't remember. Vincent things. D'Onofrio. Oh, Samsonite. I was way sure. off. Sure, I don't want. It doesn't no. sound like Rip Torn. No, it's Nathan Fillion. What? 
I have to get there immediately. Get the heads, Audrey Brown. <laughs> get there. And then um, my final one was All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. I haven't seen that. You would love that. It's a bloodbath. Yes. Is it, does she beat the hell out of guys? She murdered them? I don't want to tell you anything about it. Okay. Now I really want to rent it. It's fun. I've only seen it once, so I, I feel <laughs> Your like. face. <laughs> I feel like it was like something I rented once because I was like, ah, this will just be dumb. And I liked it more than I thought I would. So uh-huh. I don't want to put your expectations up too high. I just, I think that it was like Amber Heard's breakout. Right. I think it was. So. I, I did. I see one now. Um, I put, have you seen Pursuit of Happiness? Nope. I absolutely refuse. Really? Why? I cannot stand to see people suffering that way. The one scene in the preview where he's trying to hold the bathroom door closed and protect his son, I was like, nope. Yeah. I've seen enough sadness in this world, and I can't. It has a, the end is good. Don't care. It's uplifting. Nope. He does it. Never going to see it. He makes it. I cannot watch a child suffer. He helps his son. That sweet, beautiful man. The scene, there's a scene where he has to put him in a daycare, and it's clear, like, it is not, it's not a good place. And he, he, he won't leave him. He just picks him up and takes him. (laughs) <laughs> that's so so precious and beautiful it's like it's okay i can't i can't watch people suffer that way i tried but you should see all the boys love mandy lane though <laughs> step 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 yeah i don't know what's wrong with me i just i don't want to see actual suffering but then people do really get stabbed i don't know it's a confusing mess up here i know i know it is <laughs> believe me i've known you for a long time <laughs> This was really fun. It was so fun. I think it was a great episode. Let us know how it went, would you? Yeah, you can um, check everything out at movieoftheyearpodcast.com. You can mail us your movie stories at movieoftheyearpodcast.gmail.com. We love having you as listeners. We hope you continue to like, rate, and review. That helps us. In a huge way. So that we can help you. And also, we have some exciting things going on. We are expanding. We are growing. Um, we need more engagement on social media. Mm-hmm. So if you could just give our Facebook page a like, if you could find us on Instagram, that would be super awesome. Um, I, I'd like to quote the great Karina Longworth of the podcast, You Must Remember This, my all-time favorite. If you like us for any reason, tell anyone you can, any way you can. Mm-hmm. So that would just be so great. And we are going to start doing mini-sodes soon, and the mini-sodes are going to be all about your movie stories. So we want you to think about what is the best in-theater movie experience you've ever had? Do you have a funny story from a time you saw a movie at the theater? Mm -hmm. Did something scary happen? We want to hear all of your stories, and we want to tell them on the air. All right, well, you want to close it off? Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. See you in 2007.